Welcome to the mom to mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us today on the mom to mom podcast. Today we'll be speaking with two of our moms from OCC. Let me introduce them to you. Penny has been married to Scott for 24 years, and they helped to launch OCC 15 years ago from Church in the Valley in Diamond Bar, now located in Ontario Ranch. Both of their children, ages 20 and 22, were married this past year. Penny served in a variety of roles at OCC, including running our children's ministry, group leader, group coach, and mom-to-mom coordinator. She was also on staff at OCC for a few years and now works as an elementary school teacher. Our second speaker today, Kristen, is a mom of three children, ages 4 to 10. She's a homeschooling mom and a teacher for a local charter school. Prior to having kids, she was a petroleum engineer, so she has quite the background. She currently serves on our mom-to-mom ministry team and in our nursery as a lead teacher. I want to introduce, before we get started with our speakers, our topic today, which is biblical community. Biblical community shares a common mission and goal and considers others in humility. It attempts to view and treat people as God would and looks to others. It looks for opportunities to love others in practical and personal ways. Within the 17.6 network, which is a network of churches that OCC is a part of that shares the same values and mission, we relate to one another using the seven hard attitudes, which set the foundation for biblical community amongst our churches. The first four focus on how we rightly relate to others, while the last three focus on right relating to God. I can honestly say that if it wasn't for implementing and taking these hard attitudes seriously in my own life, my relationships would not be what they are today. These attitudes have really helped me address areas of wrong relating in my own life, as well as strengthen relationships with others when the easier response would have been to leave. They've challenged me to see people as God does and consider things from other people's perspectives. So as we get into our discussion about biblical community, let's keep these things in mind. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us here today. So as we dive into community, and specifically biblical community, I really wanted to start with a question that focuses on one really important aspect of community, which is receiving feedback. Now, in order to receive feedback from people, you have to be within the community. Otherwise, that won't make a lot of sense. So my first question is, what have you found is the importance in asking for feedback, and how have you learned to receive it graciously? Thanks, Jen, for having me. Um, Just to start off, I really think it's important because I literally did not know how to parent in a biblical way. Um, And I know that apart from God, I'm not capable of parenting in a way that's lined up with scripture. Um, I also know that if I was left to my own devices, I naturally like to do things on my own and rely upon my own knowledge, my own strength and power. And because of that, and the ways I've learned the hard way, honestly, (laughs) I know that it's extremely important to get input and to ask for help and feedback. Some of the most helpful feedback has been when someone else in community with me shared a way my child can grow or filled me in on a situation that I was unaware of regarding my child. But (laughs) my initial response to receiving feedback is usually a defensive response or a justification of my child's behavior. But over the years, I have made attempts to choose to receive feedback graciously. And this is honestly how how I've learned. Um, I know that one of God's purposes of biblical community is for iron to sharpen iron. Mm -hmm. And since I desire to do life God's way and to move away from doing life my own way, I know that I need to let God into each area of my life, which includes being open to feedback about my kids. Do you have any examples of something that you just described where you either had received some feedback from someone or you had to ask for feedback where, where you can really like connect that? Yeah, and I can share an example of when I didn't do it the right way. (laughs) Um, 
I think what comes to mind is getting feedback from um, when my kids were in different classroom settings, whether it was in a, like a school classroom or in um, maybe like a church um, Sunday morning um, kids kids ministry. Yes. Um, I, although I w- would often ask for, you know, how how, how was he today? How how she do today in class? Oftentimes, my heart wasn't prepared for the answers. <laughs> I was hoping to get, oh, they did great. Yes, yes. But often, you know, they're they're still learning, yeah. and so I'd often get feedback that they, you know, were there's a variety of things in our, that kids do that are just not necessarily God honoring yet. And yes. so, um, I can think of one specific example. One of my kids' teachers um, in school gave me some feedback, and I had never observed that about my child so at first I was like my my child doing that you know that was my first response but um she actually was really kind and gracious and she had been seeing a pattern and I I literally can't couldn't see it because I was not in the classroom and so um yeah I wish my response had would have been like thank you so much for that feedback but you know initially it was you could probably see it on my face usually (laughs) my expression is not the best it's hard our our kids are an extension of us so when when we're getting feedback even if it's from love but if we get feedback from someone that isn't in line with what we think our kids should be doing or how they should be acting and it it feels like it, it reflects bad on us totally yes I, I have I think that's a huge obstacle is overcoming the pride that is there in my parenting of um, you know but I've got this kind of attitude or or my kids are better than that or they should know better um, they, they don't <laughs> and right. so I needed to train them and that was really really helpful what she shared with me that day and I, I honestly it, it was some little annoying habit that one of my kids was doing in class and I was like thank you so much like eventually I got to the place where I, I could see like wow it was really helpful yeah I wish my response had been uh, a little more gracious. <laughs> but one thing I also heard you say in there was that you were consistently asking a- about how your kids were doing. And that's one thing that I think is really key is that so often we're in community, so often it becomes natural, easy, that we don't often think after church or after any other school situations that we're in to, to ask the teacher, hey, how did my kid do? So I think that that's a really key point that you made because if we're not asking, the opportunities to have people share that with us openly get really diminished. It's yes. a lot more awkward for a teacher to come to you and be like, by the way, so-and-so did not do great in class today. But if you ask, it opens up a conversation. Yes, it's scary, but I, it, it was really helpful. And, and I learned that from mentors ahead of me that, that, that were doing that. So that was really helpful. Thanks for sharing about all that, Penny. Uh, Kristen, I want to ask you, how has biblical community helped you to be a better mom? So there are a number of ways that community has helped me to be a better mom. Um, One of the first ones that comes to mind is the just direct instruction and training that I've had an opportunity to be part of, Um, such as parenting conferences, mom-to-mom events. They've just had a huge impact on my perspective. One of the things I realized is that I have a tendency with my kiddos to really try to modify their behavior and just quickly fix um, problems that I see or ways that they're interacting that's not right. But I know that God really cares about the heart. And so one of the things that I've learned through training is that um, heart change is really the goal. And then more than that, seeing people parent and provide tangible examples of what training and encouraging and correcting can look like has been incredibly helpful. It's something that 
I can't just learn one time and then have down, you know, that constant example over time has really made a difference. Uh, I've noticed that parents that I admire really slow down a lot, a lot slower than how I would react when they're training and correcting and ask questions like, what made you react that way? Or how can we honor God in that situation? Um, you know, they might ask their child, you know, were you thinking about the goals and interests of others or just yourself? Were you obeying quickly with a happy heart and really trying to get at what is at the root of the behavior that they're seeing? Mm-hmm. I'm also really encouraged to imitate the warmth that I see between other moms and their kids at OCC. I just love that interaction. That's what I want my kids to think about when they think about talking to me is just a really warm relationship. The other way that I have become a better mom through community is through receiving feedback, very similar to what Penny was saying. I have blind spots, and so I have noticed that especially when it comes to my kids, there's just things I don't see, and I don't. when I'm not around, they might act differently, so there might even be other issues. And it does sting a little bit when you hear feedback about something that needs to be corrected, just like Penny was saying. And so I'm definitely still practicing and making this a habit of asking for more feedback when I'm not around. Um, Just like Penny was saying, I've had many an instance of times where my kids were with teachers in KidZone or in our co-op, and something will come up or a teacher will see something that I've just missed. And one of those in particular, I can remember a teacher telling me that one of my kiddos was really struggling with transitions and being flexible. And so that really allowed me to prepare that kid and talk about, you know, how does that affect the class? Is there a way that you can put the goals of the class ahead of your own? What do you think it's like when you can't transition quickly and it's holding up your teacher or your classmates? How did that interaction with the teacher affect your relationship with them like when they had yes I think you know in that instance it drew us even closer because I knew that that was a real problem and that I maybe had some awareness of but didn't understand how it was really playing out and affecting my child and her relationships um And at the end of the day, it's really something that I wanted to correct and train through and something, you know, I knew it was coming from a place of love because, you know, it was a friend who cared enough about me to share and cared enough about my child to, to want me to know. So it was a real, you know, it does sting when you find out that your child is doing something that is not what they should be doing, but it's, um, it's ultimately a help. And I am so glad to know. Yeah. Well, because there's the fear that's coming from the parent receiving the correction of like, Oh, this is this is hard to hear. But then there's also the fear of the person having having to to share. Um, I, I've had that thought many times when when someone's come to me with something, and I thought, wow, they could have just not said anything, and that would have been so much easier. Or they could have taken the time like they did, even though it was hard to share, and done that. And so it's always actually really made me appreciate their friendship, even that much more that they took the time to say that. For sure, yeah, definitely. So, Penny, how has biblical community helped you to see things in your kids that you may have otherwise missed? We've touched on this a little bit, but I think you um, have some some more things that I think will be helpful to share. Sure, yeah. Um, So, to kind of put it simply, my kids, um, when I was raising them in biblical community, they had multiple moms, multiple Mm, dads who cared, you know, figures in their life who care about them and their growth. And just like me, they won't let them get away with continuing with foolish patterns. Um, 
Another way biblical community is helpful for raising kids is that others will have different categories or and or perspectives on what they're looking for with their own kids. And it's such a blessing because I might not have had that category yet. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you guys an example. <laughs> um, so when one of, my, one of my kids was around four, um, I had not really had an opportunity to observe that they were struggling with giving in to peer pressure and like kind of like not standing up for what's right. Or I hadn't actually really thought to look for this pattern at that age. Mm. So at a large picnic event, my friend let me know that my child had told her child that they would they didn't want to play with them, even though it, this was like one of their closest friends. Okay. But what I later found out is that another child had convinced my child to tell the friend, "Hey, don't tell your friend we don't want him to play to play with us. It, it just needs to be the two of us." And my child went along with that suggestion to exclude the other friend. So this mom, you know, we're really good friends. She came and shared this with me, this interaction that her son had, you know, came and told her crying, like, you know, they don't want to play with me. So my first reaction was admittedly embarrassment <laughs> over my child's choice. I was able to get to a place of gratitude for her observing this behavior and then actually letting me know. I know it took courage on her part to talk with me. And now I had that category to watch for in my child and lo and behold, I began to see a pattern of that happening. And as I was looking for that pattern of my child giving into peer pressure, which is common and a normal struggle, and not get standing up for what was right, I was now able to coach that child and help them to become a leader and not a follower. Yeah. So again, the ability for someone else to step out and tell you, because that parent could have just said to their son or daughter, like, I'm sorry that that happened, but you know, I'm sure they didn't mean it and moved on. But instead this parent took the time to come to you, tell what had happened, and that allowed you then to start to see a pattern. Now, I, I, I've been in a lot of communities over the year and a lot of, over the years, and a lot of biblical communities, and I will say the way that this happens in our community is not super common. Um, and, but I also think it's super helpful. Sometimes I think people will look at the way we, we relate and think it's a little crazy. Like, why would you just tell each other that all, all those things? Like, <laughs> like, just let it go. It's not a big deal. But one thing that I've seen over the years is those little things are what turn into patterns mm -hmm. and habits. Mm -hmm. And so that if we aren't willing to share those with each other, those can become a bigger problem. So again, it's a kindness to our kids that we're doing these things. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It is definitely a kindness. Yeah. And I also, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I talked with Kristen a bit, bit about this, but in your experience, as you've talked to moms and been corrected by, or not even corrected, but shared feedback with by other parents, by other moms specifically, ha has that tended to strengthen relationships or tear down your relationships? Oh, yes. For sure, strengthen. Yeah. Um, it, it, it depends on my posture though. Like I know I need to take a humble and teachable posture in those situations, which again is, is not a natural response. Yes. <laughs> but um when I've chosen or when I've like come to that like type of like relating with, with people, it's really, that's, that was one of my closest friends and we mm -hmm. parented together for many years. So when you just described taking a humble approach, um, how, like, can you share an example of how you would do that in a relationship? When someone came to you and shared some sort of feedback on your child, what would that look like? I, I think for me, it's pushing down the initial emotion. Yeah. Like my initial reaction is, is, is not always what's right. And so it, it's, it's literally like my husband describes it like almost like physically pushing down what's rising up inside of mm. like that defensive, almost like my blood pressure rises a little yeah. bit. So it's, it's 
just training myself to like not respond um, quickly, not react on um, the first thing. And a, an easy phrase is say, thank you so much for the feedback. Yeah. If even at the least, if that's all I can get out, yeah. <laughs> that, and then it's something I, I don't know. I'm like, a, I need to, I usually take time to like ruminate and think through things over. And I do by God, with God's help. So usually what, what would happen is, just try to get through the moment of receiving the feedback. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you so much for letting me know. And then take some time before the Lord and with my husband to really like talk that out yeah. and then make some action plans based on, you know, um, that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing. That's yeah. really helpful. Sometimes the idea of responding in humility can be kind of abstract. So like knowing what that looks yeah. like practically is helpful to hear. And just just to add on something to that that it reminded me of, we've been talking about blind spots that we've had or things people have shared, but I've also gotten feedback um, when I've taken time to humble myself, when I've seen a problem in my children that I haven't known how to address or handle. And I can think specifically of a time where we were really struggling with a lot of bickering. And I thought I had thought about that problem from every angle and had addressed it in every way that I could. And that there could be no other perspective. I felt like I had thought about it um, just from every possible, you know, angle of attack. And I asked a leader about it, and I was just shocked. She was like, well, have you considered just really having them work on serving each other? What if you just have a day where their whole goal is to just serve each other? And it was just such an aha moment of, like, that had never occurred to me that she was pointing out that that really combats, you know, fighting for their own way to focus on serving. Um, So just really the practical nuts and bolts of what to do when you have a problem. You know, I've noticed if I will humble myself and ask for help, there are wise parents in our community to help. I love that tip. I I recently had experience like that with Penny, actually. And she was at our house for dinner, and I was like, I'm having a really hard time with Everett with his reading, like really wanting to read. And, And she was like, well, have you thought of having him read to his little brother? I was like, oh, no, I hadn't thought of that. And it actually really, that so that next week, they were over, I think, on a, a weeknight or it was maybe the next day, later in the week, I did that. And oh my gosh, he like really wanted to read because he wanted to sit down with his younger brother and read to him. So it was one of those, like you're saying, if you ask someone who's gone before you and has some good feedback, like I never thought of that idea. What a great idea, you know? So bouncing off of the idea of just community coming alongside of you because that's really what we're speaking about right now Kristen you've you've been through um, a lot in the last couple of years so I want you to just share with how has community come alongside you in supporting your parenting so specific to parenting I think one of the most obvious ways has been with childcare. and I know after my marriage ended it became clear I needed to return to the workforce So I went back to school to get my teaching credential, and there was just a lot of uncertainty in that time about how I was going to do that. My kids were little. um, I was at home with them. Um, I didn't know if I'd be able to get a job when I was done, um, if I'd be able to keep my kids home, or if they would need to go to public school or daycare. Um, But God really provided for me in that time, and although I was so worried about my kids, community really stepped in. I had so many people help me by watching my kids, and after I was done with school, my kids were actually really bummed because they had had so much fun. (laughs) It felt like extended playdates to them, and um, to me, it really just seemed like a part of God's extravagant kindness 
that they in no way felt ripped off. And after that, it continued, as I'm now a working parent, um, God provided a way for me to work and keep my kids home, which was such a huge answer to prayer. It really felt like a miracle. Yeah. And there have been so many times friends have run my kiddos to lessons or been in charge of them at our co-op when I've had meetings or been on Zoom. And it's humbling because it's not an even exchange. It's a debt that I could never repay. Um, and the impact is beyond like it just being a nice perk for me. It gave my kids a sense of normalcy and stability during a time that could have felt really uncertain and scary. Yeah. And it's also provided them with godly community and connection to families that provide a godly example of marriage, which is something I can't give them. Yeah. Well, and I, I know that during that time, sometimes people may think childcare, like that's like a, a practical, easy thing. You can drop them off at a daycare or find very many options for that. However, like what I hear you saying is specific community where they share values and things the same as you, that's going to benefit you, benefit you so much more because you're parenting in similar ways. And so having this biblical community, you can really know that the people you're leaving your kids with are going to be honest with you and share things that happen and that they're in good hands and you don't have to stress about that. Absolutely. And then also, you know, wanting to curate their friendships as much as possible with people who you know with families who do have similar values and perspectives so yeah we always say it at these young ages we have a lot more say in their friendships but as they get a little bit older they've really established that already so it's important to to kind of use that now use the time that we can do that and schedule times with friends that we wanted them to be around absolutely So um, the next question I want to ask is, has there ever been a time when you felt the pull to withdraw from community? And if so, what motivates or has motivated you to stay plugged in through these ups and downs of life? Um, I think what motivates me is that since I've had many years now of doing life within a biblical community, my husband and I um, started going attending Church in the Valley when um, we were pregnant with our daughter. So 22 years, uh, over 22 years ago. Wow. So I've had some time um, in, in biblical community, but and so grateful for that. Um, so what motivates me um, is I also have some experiences of moving toward and moving away from biblical community. Um, so I, I most what I think what I'm trying to say is what motivates me is I've actually done it the wrong way and done it the right way. <laughs> so um, times when I've moved away um some example examples were just when life got hard um just walking through some hard some hardships um or also when i don't feel connected due to my life stage Mm -hmm. um like that that can happen so um because of those experiences i know that when i moved toward community my life was has been better and when, when i moved away from community my life was harder I don't mean to oversimplify that, but it really is true from my experience. And the problems come when I forget that truth and do what comes naturally, which without God, I withdraw, I isolate. That's my go-to. <laughs> um, and that's just a common tactic of our enemy, yeah. um, the devil. He wants to get us isolated and um, withdrawing from community. What it comes down to, once again, is because I have committed to do life God's way, I let him speak into each area of my life. And doing life with fellow believers is one of those acts of obedience that I know brings blessing. Yeah. So just through those experiences, I know what it's, what it's like to do both ways. And I want to do it the way that's the right way. And actually, it's, it gives me a better life. I, I know that. 
So in those seasons when you would feel yourself withdrawing or pulling back, isolating, were there times when friends within the biblical community would would contact you or reach out to you or be like, hey, or what a lot of time was it just you having to kind of pick yourself up and get yourself back out there? I think I think it's been a little mixture of both. Yeah. Um, God has been kind to get to, um, specifically we've walked through some significant losses of family. And during those times, I, for sure, my community was just an outpouring from our from my community to hold me up to to care for me um, during those times as I was working through caring for my family members or even just recovering from my own grief. So the other thing I mentioned was life getting hard, but also one of the times I've really withdrawn is when I just don't feel that connection. That's I actually feel like that was that's been become more of a tactic of the enemy in my later years of parenting. Just you get your kids get older, you you kind of you're not going to the park together. like, yeah. <laughs> um, And so it's very easy for me to not interact with with my community. Um, like, like it, I don't have a lot of natural overlaps. So I, I really have to reach out and I really have to do a lot of the initiating. And it's always wonderful. But, you know, I can sit back and be like, no one's calling me or like have, have a that kind of a, just a self-pity yeah. attitude about it. That, you know, like I don't have, you know, mom friends right now whatever I can I can do that but it it doesn't help (laughs) I know that so in those situations how I kind of recovered and and like got out of that cycle was by calling or texting a friend (laughs) (laughs) and saying hey we need to hang out and sometimes they'd reach out too which is wonderful but even in those situations where maybe somebody didn't because they're not seeing me literally with my work with what I'm doing right now like I can go a long time without running into a friend and so I just have to be that much more intentional um, and because it's necessary. Like right. I know it's necessary and helpful. So it's a big shift in your perspective and your in, like intentionality. Right, totally. How about you, Chris? Anything to add in there? Um, so there have definitely been times where I've felt the pull to withdraw. Um, I think actually when my life was the most difficult or when I was in crisis, I was more aware of my need for community. So there were times I felt really overwhelmed or desperate, unsure of what to do next, and I really felt that, that need for help and for community um, and for other people's wisdom. And I think as life has gotten more normal and routine um, and busy, those are the times where I've felt the pull to withdraw. I think because life just becoming more regular, I don't feel the need as sharply, even though obviously I still need community So I'm an introvert by nature, and I was just amazed at how hard it was to get back into normal routine and community after the pandemic. I think similar to what Penny was saying, it's been helpful for me to just remember the truth that God designed us for community, that this is part of doing life God's way, and that we desperately need it. And then it's also been helpful for me when I realize that to just commit, to join a life group, to serve on Sundays. That commitment is really what keeps me accountable to staying involved. Yeah. And then also my kids are a huge part of keeping me plugged in. They love our community. They know which night we have life group, and they look forward to it all week. They love being involved and spending time with their church friends. And so it really just speaks to the sweetness of the community at OCC and that they feel that way. Yeah, it's a big difference when our kids are feeling it too. It kind of pulls us in for sure and helps us out. And it's also helpful as an introvert when you have friends who won't leave you alone and just keep texting you. <laughs> we need the balance. We need the balance. <laughs> so as, as we're closing up here, I really just want to finish off with one final question, which is 
I mean, everyone wants to be part of community and be plugged in somewhere. Um, so how would you encourage other moms as they're looking for community? Maybe they're already part of a church, maybe they're not. But as they're looking for that community or trying to be more intentional, as you'd mentioned, Penny, the importance of intentionality in their current community. So how, how would you, what kind of advice would you give? Um, yeah, a few ideas come to mind. Um, initially, it's pray and ask God for help. Um, I'll ask him for the desire for a biblical community and for friendships and mentors that will point you toward truth. So that's a way to start. Um, next, kind of already talked about this, but just initiate. Um, we can get so focused with our heads down that when we finally look up, we realize that we've not been getting time with others who can build us up and help us with our current needs. Um, in this situation, it would be parenting. Yeah. So calling or texting someone that you've been meaning to get time with um, that can build you up and point you toward the tr- toward truth. Um, also, another thought is just remember that our enemy, the devil, uses isolation to stun our growth and to stop us from moving forward with our responsibilities. Mm. And if you're a mom listening, like parenting is a major responsibility that's been given to you, um, a privilege and a responsibility. Um, so resist him and his ways by staying in biblical community. Um, that's my encouragement. Um, and another way um, to connect with others, um, Kristen kind of mentioned this, is um, joining, like if your church has a small group, join it. That consistent time with the same people over time can prove itself to be beneficial for the whole family. Yeah. And it can also give access to people in different stages of life who can support you and give perspective and wisdom as you are known by them. Hmm. Yes, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> Kristen, would you like to add in anything yeah just this I mean similar to what Penny was saying it's worth it like don't fall for the enemy lies that it's too hard or I'm too tired or I'm the only one um I think of a verse in Hebrews 10 24 it says and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching Mm. um yeah I love that exhortation to just not give up and um, I would also just encourage moms that like community might not look like whatever you expect it to. I think there have been times where I've wanted my two or three, you know, best friends that I do everything with. But really, you know, it's community has changed during different seasons. And um, the important thing is the values that we share and that the mission we're on together instead of just having things in common. Amen. So it might not look exactly like what you're expecting, but it's worth pursuing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I, I think there have been these expectations. I think that that can be a real big danger, expectations on either, oh, well, this is how it was in high school or college or a certain season of life. Like, why can't it be like that again? Or, but I see these people and their relationships are like this. Um, and it's true, like a lot of the friendships I have, we have not a whole lot in common, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a sweet friendship. Like we, we, we share the same values and really the same mission which when you're on mission together, it really allows you to connect in a way that's deeper and sweeter than, you know, both liking coffee, you know? Yes. So those little things don't matter as much in the, the, the huge, like, picture. Yeah, um, just to piggyback off that, I, I remember in my early years of parenting, the community we were a part of, a lot of the people that had children our age were actually a lot older than us. Um, we had our kids pretty young. And so I remember, like, being pleasantly surprised at how much fun I was having with people 10, 15, maybe even 20 years older than me. Yeah. But because we were we were in the in the midst of parenting together, it was so sweet. And I don't think I would have 
probably initiated those friendships, you know, on my own. And uh, so because I was in community, those natural connections that were happening was a huge blessing because it it is just nice to not feel alone sometimes (laughs) when you're parenting. Um, So anyways, that's... So just to summarize what what we talked through a little bit, if, if you're looking for community, some of the biggest things we can do are to pray and ask God for guidance, are to be intentional with relationships and uh, just the community we're in part of, um, look for opportunities like groups and serving to get around people, and, and also like expectations. Like You might have an idea of what it should be, but if you're open to just friendships, like you can be pleasantly surprised if all of a sudden the people that you wouldn't have necessarily thought to be in community with, like those end up being some of your sweetest relationships. So thank you so much, ladies, for joining us today and really talking through this. I think this will be a really helpful topic and um, something that we can all relate to. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.